Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March 25th. We are reading from the big book and we are on page 14, paragraph 6. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity and we're reading that one paragraph and comments on that. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Laura M., the 12 Traditions, Lois G., and readers of the text, Nancy P., Craig F., and Martha Z. Today's, sorry, so the reference number for Friday, March 22nd, the 10 a.m. meeting, 12693. And for yesterday, Sunday, March the 24th, our special edition, 12697. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laura M. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Lynn. Good morning. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Laura M. And Lois G. will read the 12 traditions. Thank you. 
the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Lois G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in Bill's story on page 14, the sixth paragraph. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity. I will now ask Nancy T to read for us. Good morning. Thank you, everybody. Nancy T, recovered compulsive overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly, it was imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without works was dead, he said, and how appallingly true for alcoholics. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again, and if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. There is so much in this paragraph this morning. I'm like, holy cow. But um, 
right away, Bill is talking about how Abby emphasized the absolute necessity. I love the adjectives and the words that they that um, the authors use in the big book because they don't leave any room for uh, guess or doubt about the message that they're trying to portray. And they're saying, hands down, if we don't do the work, we're going to die. I mean, so what is that work and why do we do it? Um, you know, the work is the steps, obviously. Um, it's talking about demonstrating the principles in all my affairs. So we're not just talking about putting the food down. That's the very first step at the very beginning. But the um, the principles that are embodied in the steps become a part of our everyday life in all areas of our lives, our relationships, our work, our social um are, you know, whatever we do, we, we carry this with us. Um, but then it just says particularly imperative that we work with other people. I can't tell you, I talk to a lot of people and they, they talk about how they just don't have time to sponsor. And um, I love how Kim says that when she shares that, you know, she tells them I'd be afraid not to sponsor. Well, and this is why it's telling us what's going to happen if we don't do this work. And it, it, um, it really pinpoints working with others. It says it's particularly on that one, it's imperative that we do it. Um, but this line of the last line on 14, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect in a larger spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. So again, it's telling us we need to do steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, we work on perfecting and enlarging um, all the time, every day. It's not, this is not talking about just making a connection. This is talking about growing our spiritual life. And we do that through the work of the steps and through working with others. It says if we don't do it, there's certain low spots and trials ahead. That means that there will be them. Life throws wrenches. It's going to happen. It's not if, it's when. And if we don't do this work, when those low spots come, we're going to eat. And if we eat, we're going to die. It's really clear. I love, love, love all the stuff that's in this paragraph, and I can't wait to hear you all share about it. So thank you for allowing me to be of service this beautiful Monday morning. I'll pass. And thank you, Nancy T. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last day or two to take this opportunity. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Craig Anita L. Barbara. Barbara E. Shelly B. Okay, let me tell you who I heard, and you can tell me if I missed anybody. Craig F. Barbara E. Uh, Shelly D. And it was, was it Alita L.? Anita L., maybe. Katie F. Anita. Anita L. Anita L. Okay, great. Thank you. I have our lineup then. We've got Craig F., Barbara E., Anita L., Shelly B., and Katie F. Craig, could you start us off, please? Sure. I'm glad to. Good morning. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, it was just uh, two paragraphs ago that Bill was laying in bed, and uh, he's still in the hospital, and he said, uh, um, let's see, uh, oh, last paragraph, uh, 
it was Friday's paragraph says, while I lay in the hospital, the thought came to me that there were thousands of alcoholics uh, who might be glad to have what had been so freely given to me. So he had that inspiration. What I what I think is what I'm what I'm thinking is that uh, if you fail to enlarge and perfect your spiritual life through self-sacrifice, uh, through through work and self-sacrifice for others. In other words, if you don't give this message away that maybe uh, it's not just that you're not able to keep your uh, recovery because you're not giving it away, but maybe it's a sign that you really didn't have that spiritual awakening. You know, uh, if, if if the work of the steps has been effective in you and God's really opened you up, I, I think that it's going to come pouring out of you anyway. Um, I think that it's going to be uh, that a signal of that changed person that you want to give it away. And <clears throat> so uh, I, I, I think that it's more than just, okay, now, now you've got it. Now you have to give it away and somebody cracks a whip and, and, and away you go because this is what we do by gosh, uh, it's also your heart's been changed, um, you know, that uh, you, you uh, have a heart for those people that have that common peril that we've all gone through, you know, that, and um, so I, I don't know um, that it isn't both, you know, we, we need to do it uh, out of obligation, but we also need to do it, I think, because uh, because our heart's been changed. And uh, uh, faith without works is dead, uh, in other words, that that if, I, if I'm not uh, doing the work, if I'm not uh, giving it away, that I, it, it's just a sign that I had dead faith. So... Uh, and and we don't want to go back uh, because faith would be dead indeed. Uh, with us, it's just like that, he said. So uh, pretty uh, hopeful and pretty grim at the same time. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Anita L. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Well, for me, the principles which correspond to each of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and and part of 12 steps is that we practice these principles in all our affairs. So it's important to know what they are. And I think personally, if the whole world were exposed to the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, it would be a much kinder, gentler, honest, Uh, other-driven world, but that's just my humble experience. Now, what I was told was, for me, a compulsive overeater of the worst variety, I couldn't change the wind, but I could change the direction of my sails. I couldn't go back and change my beginning, but I could change where I am today and stay connected in order to change my tomorrow. I found that I had to stop wishing for change and actively work on the changes that I'd formerly just wished for. I had to be willing to work 
and learn and be open and above all be patient no matter how much I wish for change to happen quickly so I could get through with this program. I found any change in my attitude and actions came to me in God's time, not mine. I had to grow up. I could not remain a two-year-old having a tantrum when life didn't follow my script. I had to become not only abstinent, but more emotionally sober, not a child always wanting things my way, thinking I'm not as bad as they are, and I could stop any time, and wanting you to intuit my wishes without my even telling them to you. I had to stop thinking it was all about me and what I could get from you and what you could do for me and learn that it was really about giving, giving, giving. And if I gave, I would get exponentially more than I received. Like the children's game of telephone, I had to pass on the message without distorting or diluting it. The threefold nature of my disease of compulsive overeating is physical, emotional, and spiritual. Abstinence actions addresses all three aspects of my disease. So peaceful, long-term recovery is possible. The result of working all 12 steps of OA was my spiritual awakening, which changed me physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I did dive into the steps And sometimes my hair did feel electrified, especially after finishing my last amends and living in 10, 11, and 12. That brought me into a sense of peace and harmony with the universe. Holding the lantern, thank you, I'll just wrap up. Holding the lantern for another member on her journey in recovery is an honor, a privilege, and a duty. I came for a diet but I got a beautiful program for living. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Anita L., it's your turn, followed by Shelley D. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. I wanted to share, uh, I didn't have my book in front of me, and as soon as I heard uh, we have to enlarge our spiritual life, my whole body just said, ah, you know, I love this paragraph. I think it's one of the most important ones written in the book. Uh, And it's written twice that I can remember in the first 164 pages. So I uh, worked through the steps six years ago. And after I finished I mean, uh, not six steps. I worked through the 12 steps six years ago. And after I finished, I started to sponsor. And I sponsored a lot of people because I was retired at the time. And I thought, you know, I was giving service in all my face-to-face meetings and doing all this stuff. And I thought, that I was increasing my spiritual life, which I probably did in a lot of respects. However, my sponsor said to me one day, so what are you doing to increase your spiritual life? And I said, what do you mean? 
I'm giving all this service. I'm sponsoring all these people. I'm leading my meetings. I'm in charge of our uh, regional uh, newsletter, you know, the, the editor and blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, that's all well and good. What are you doing to increase your spiritual life? And I just didn't get it. She said, you know, maybe go on the Internet, read about Bill Wilson, Dr. Bob, uh, Dr. Silkworth, um, read some of the stories in the back, do writing on a daily basis about something that you've read, etc. And so I started doing it for a few days, but then I got back into my old habits and I stopped doing it. And therefore, even though I was giving all this service to others, I wasn't giving service to myself. So I see I'm almost out of time. That is the difference in my program for today. I'm increasing my spiritual life. I won't go into it because I don't have time. However, I feel like I am really one with my higher power today. And that's why it's working. So I just pass that on to others. Have a great day and thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Anita L. Shelly B., it's your turn, followed by Katie F. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Great. This is Shelly B., a compulsive overeater in McKinney, Texas. Uh, this is my first time to share on this meeting. And I just wanted to say that I, I'm just really amazed that this is the passage we're reading this morning. I have been feeling um, some self-pity recently because I felt like all I do is think about the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater. It's defining me. I'm either planning my food or recording my food or doing service or obsessing about working my program and working with um, my one sponsee and trying to do outreach. And I, I just was praying to be grateful for that, that, you know, because of this disease, I have this wonderful community, all of these friends. I just moved here, and I have more friends than I've ever had in, in my adult life. And you know, there are all these blessings, and why can't I see it that way? And I've been putting myself out there as a sponsor. My one sponsee was already working in the program and already abstinent before approaching me, and that has gone very smoothly, but I haven't felt like I did much of the work. And while I'm praying to be grateful, two people, not one, but two people this weekend asked me to sponsor them. And I have had an initial meeting with one and am talking with the other today to make sure that we're a good fit. But I just feel overwhelmed with gratitude for that opportunity and that that's how my prayer was answered. So rare. I mean, maybe it's not, but it's rare that I recognize that I pray for something and it's clear what the, that it was answered by my higher power and that happened to me. And it is, it is an absolute necessity. And I am so grateful today for that opportunity. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Shelly B. Katie F., it's your turn. 
Did you call on KDF? Yes, please. Okay, thank you. Good morning. This is KDF, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, and I, I love this paragraph. Um, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. Um, if he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. And, you know, I, um, I've been absent for a long time and I have had, um, I've had many low spots. Um, and right now I'm going through a low spot. Um, my mother passed away four days ago and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't tell my sponsees that I wasn't going to be available to them, you know, for the next six months while I grieve. I didn't, um, say I can't follow my food plan because people are bringing us all this food. I didn't, you know, not make any phone calls or do any reading and writing because I was, you know, too busy grieving. I mean, I just worked this program like my hair's on fire, no matter what's going on in my life. And, you know, I feel very, um, I'm very sad about my, my mom being gone and I'm, I loved her very, very much. Um, but this program has taught me to, you know, we live in today, but we're also living in reality. And, you know, I've been living in reality as my mom has click, 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 gotten older, that being 91, that there was a chance that she was going to die soon. No matter how healthy she seemed, I have had it in the back of my mind through the clarity of this program that you know, it wasn't going to last forever, that this normal that we had been living in with her living 10 minutes from me, me seeing her a couple times a week, playing cards, eating dinner, having a nice time together would not last forever. But if I wasn't working this program, that wouldn't be the case because I'd still be stuck on my resentments from when I was in high school or when I was in college or when I was here or there. Um, of things that, you know, we didn't get along about. And, you know, I have a clean slate today. I didn't have to spend, um, you know, a ridiculously overbearing amount of time with her to make up for something that I hadn't done. You know, and that's all a result of enlarging my spiritual life because I have been able to do what God has directed me to do for the last 31 years. And, you know, and it keeps being more and more. It's it's not a program of subtraction where, you know, now I've arrived and I don't need to do these things. You know, um, it's hard to feel these feelings. I'm not going to lie, but I'm very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. F. For those of us who may have come on the line a little later, we are in Bill's story on page 14, the last paragraph. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity. We were commenting on that paragraph. I'd like to open up the lines now and encourage those who haven't shared in the last day or two to take this opportunity to share. Nancy like R. Share? Nancy R. Lisa J. R. Lisa J. Carolyn S. H. Lisa Carolyn S. H. Leon B. Kate Deborah Rowe. Okay. Let. Let me tell you who I heard, okay? Nancy R., Lisa T., I think I heard Harlan G., 
there was somebody B and Deborah R. Can you spell an SH? Kate B. Kate B. I think there was okay, a, so Leon B. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, I've got a lineup and a half here. Thank you. So I have Nancy R, Lisa T, Harlan G, Leon B, Deb R, and Marilyn and Kate B. We might save you for the third round. But anyway, let's start with Nancy R and then Lisa T. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nancy R. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. You bet your bottom dollar. If I want to get uh, the results, I have to follow the recipe. And if the recipe says working with others, uh, I better do that. It says it says it's imperative. That means it's something I must do. And, you know, there's a lot of repetition in the big book. So on page 89, it says nothing ensures um, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with uh, other alcoholics. That doesn't mean making phone calls or going to meetings. It says intensive work, uh, which means taking people, for me, uh, taking people through the steps. And the benefits for a thought is, I, I, is just, it's immeasurable. I've had experience the last couple of weeks. I've been fortunate. I've enjoyed excellent health all my life. And uh, as I've aged, a condition arose that had me in such pain, I couldn't move nor talk. And then I was uh, given a medication, and that's a steroid. And then the doctor said one of the side effects would be that I might gain weight. Well, you know, for a compulsive reader who spent a lifetime I lost over 120 pounds just to say this a med a med is going to make me gain weight. You know, for a second I, I I was tempted not to take it, but the pain dictated that I did. But my sponsees, one of my sponsees, was on the same drug that I was that I, that I was given, and mine was just for a short period of time duration. But you know, the the connections that I make, working with other people, I built up a community. That's what that's what they're talking about, you know. Uh, given given what I've been given, then I get it back. My my sponsors got me through this rough time. I mean, it was a real rough time because you know how. Well, as an addict, when I have a problem, it, I, you know, immediately I go into uh, suicide, almost suicide thoughts. So this is going to be forever. But this this having this community of people uh, that I work with, uh, and it says in the big book, you don't want to miss this. I don't. You don't want to miss this. You know, not 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 only is it imperative. What a gift to develop the relationships and the, and to see people, to see sponsees recover, and to see them uh, share what they've given with others. It's a gift that's just beyond description. So I'm just working with others is the highlight of my. It's the highlight of my life. I love taking people through the steps. It's it's a joy. It's not it's not a I don't feel it's an obligation. It's a joy. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Lisa J.R., it's your turn, followed by Leon D. Did you call Lisa J.R.? I did. Oh, okay, great. Thank you very much for your service, and thank you, everybody, for being on the line. Boy, do I love this paragraph. Um, 
You know, I love what was shared about, you know, sponsoring. And, um, you know, if and I look at page 15 in the big book, Springing Forward, you know, about my wife and I abandon ourselves. And page 181 in Dr. Bob's Nightmare, where Dr. Bob talks about um, problems that he faces. So, you know, these guys just didn't uh, go through the steps and begin to feel great. Because we know that selfishness and altruism are and and enmity with one another. Uh, so, cultivating this way of life, they may have had a huge. They had every excuse to have a huge pity party, but they plowed forward, which is real inspiration for me. Because when life levels me, life on life's terms, I have to remember that I have to plow forward in this program, as Dr. Bob said. Because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. And that in itself enriches the depth of selfishness, enriches my spiritual life. You know, God takes me to places I could never go if I was totally into self, continuing to be into self. And part of sponsoring, sadly, you know, we know people don't sponsor. Well, I don't have the time. Well, I also love what he says, you know. It never fails. If you go about it with one half the zeal you have been in the habit of showing when you were getting another drink, how many of us have spent hours and hours poring over thinking about what we ate, feeling bad about having had eaten, planning uh, for the next binge, trying to get alone, you know, um, ordering food, preparing food, being in the binge, the hours are countless. So, when I compare the time that I spend working with others, enriching my spiritual life, um, having an altruistic way of living instead of my old selfish me, me, me way of living, you bet, you know, it doesn't compare to what it did in the food. So it's no excuse. We have to sponsor. We have to carry the message. And it's a symbiotic relationship. While we're giving, we're getting. And I love it. And it's a way of life that I, you know, I hope to carry until I die. And I thank you for trudging the road of happy destiny with me. I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa J.R. Leon B., it's your turn, followed by Marilyn. Good morning. Um, this is Leon B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. I'm very grateful for this this morning. This reading just really touched me because of a of a pity party I was in all weekend. Um, I hit a low spot, and I mean, and I got into a pity party on Saturday. I'm very grateful for the young lady that shared about her her mom that passed away and how she continued to to work these steps like her hair was on fire. Um, I could not. Um, I had the wind taken out of me Friday when I found out a, a friend of mine had died, 44 year old two beautiful kids. I mean, he was healthy and we, we ran races together and, and, um, and out of the blue, no one knew it was all over Facebook. No one could figure out what happened. And he had been in my heart so many times to call him and see how he was doing. And as fast as that thought came in my mind, it went out and I just kept forgetting. And, um, and the next morning I actually had a race and I thought about him and I was going to run that race with him in my heart. And when I checked the, the Facebook posting, he had committed suicide. And it took the life, the wind just left me. 
I didn't even want to run the race, but I still did it anyway. And I commenced to lay around the entire day Saturday just wallowing in self-pity. I mean, and I wanted to call. I could not pick up that phone. I could not call. I, I knew I had an army of friends I could have called to get out of myself. I knew I had, I could have, I could have read, I could have, I, all day I just sat around and I wanted to eat. The food was calling me so badly. Like it has never called in the year that I, and I have been working these steps and I wanted to eat. I was too afraid, but I wanted to eat. I felt so sick. Finally, I laid down and, and I started reading my phone as I was laying down and it was at night and uh, the doorbell rang and um, it was my pastor out of the blue. He stopped by and, and we sit and we talk for a few hours, and I immediately begin to feel better. And then I get this call later on that night. I had forgotten that I had taken on a new sponsee. And he and I began to talk, and I got out of myself. God did for me that Saturday what I could not do for myself. You know, and I, I, the next morning I woke up, and I just, I just really thank God. I thank God for, for this program. I thank God for helping me because he did something for me that I couldn't do for myself. I couldn't pick up that phone and call. But I'm very grateful for these shares this morning. This reading just really confirms that I need to work this program in every facet of my life. There will be low spots. And I, I told my sponsor yesterday I failed miserably spiritually in working these steps. I didn't I should have I should have reached out, you know, but I'm very thankful that God was there to, to keep me from from falling and I'm thankful for this reading this morning. Just really reiterates you know, what, what we have to do to, to maintain our sanity and to maintain our recovery and our pass with that. So I have a great morning. And thank you, Leon B. Marilyn, it's your turn, followed by Kate B. And if we could have the initial of your last name, please. Hi, this is Carolyn S.H. Could it be me? It is. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Thank okay. you very much. <laughs> But first initial of the first name, that's tricky. Um, All right, I'm starting my timer. Um, This is Carolyn F.H., gratefully uh, recovered in Massachusetts. Um, I am so touched by the shares this morning. Thank you, everyone. Um, My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Um, I... That sentence, like it seems kind of innocuous and kind of vague in general, but it's, uh, it, I mean, in a way, to me, that sums up the entire book. Like that, I have to live this way or I'm screwed. (laughs) It's just, um, I, and what does this way mean? I have to live in these principles, like living in 10, 11, 12. Um, that my relationship to higher power and enlarging my spiritual life is the most important thing. And in all my affairs, um, and, uh, and the low spots, like I, um, uh, about a week or two weeks ago, um, a colleague of mine passed away and, um, and he was kind of like a father figure to me and, and my father actually passed away last October and I mean, there's a there's a lot, but um, definitely living in these principles has has completely changed um, how how I'm affected by things like that. Um, but one other thing I wanted to say is, um, faith without works is dead. That sentence I know of 
three places in the big book where that is. It might there might be more, but the places I know are here and then um at the very beginning of step eight and nine on page seventy six. And then again at the end of step eleven, right before going into step twelve on page eighty eight. Um and uh I think that's repeated three times in like critical junctures in the in the steps because it it's this is um a program of action. It's a program of doing the work um, and doing the works. And um, uh, and my faith, my spirituality will not increase if I don't do that. Um, and I've sponsored and worked with with others, and people are so different, and every experience feels so different. And what I've learned through it is. Um, just like Bill's very first attempt, um, or his, I guess it was six months that he sponsored people and no one got better, or, you know, he tried to carry the message and Lo said to him, you know, well, you've stayed sober. Um, and my sponsor has said to me, well, you know, step 12 is you working your recovery. So it doesn't, not that it doesn't matter what happens to others, but that I, I'm not trying to make them recover. This is the, my timer just went off. Um, I'm doing step 12 to enlarge my spiritual life and hopefully higher powers using that to enlarge the spiritual life of others as well. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Kate B., it's your turn, followed by Deb R. Good morning. My name is Kate B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. Thank you for your service and thank you for allowing me to share today. Um, the first sentence really spoke to me. It kind of went with um, our face-to-face meeting last night and um, how you're talking about demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. And, and in this book, the principles are all laid out to coordinate with our steps. And so I just wanted to share that, um, what the principles are. And with step one, it would be honesty. With step two would be hope. With step three would be faith. Step four is courage. Five is integrity. Six is willingness. Seven is humility. Eight is self-discipline. Nine is love and justice. Ten is perseverance. And 11 is spiritual fitness. And 12 is service. And all of those are right here in this paragraph too. And it's just so important that those principles that we are living with every day, come out in every part of our day, in everything we do, in all our affairs. I'm just going to make it short. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kate B. Deb R., it's your turn. Hi, this is Deborah R., and thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, newcomers, and glad you're here. Um, I like this paragraph. And I also know that it's the um, faith without works is dead is sprinkled um, around in the rest of uh, the pages. And um, there was one on page 35. All went well for a while, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. That was Jim. And that really reminds me I have to keep working this day after day after day after day um and it mentions his um now we need more action with which 
uh, without which we find that faith without works is dead on page 76. And over on um, page 83, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And I find that, um, thank you, God, I am willing. My assignment this morning was to look up uh, honesty, open-mindedness, and, and willingness. And I am just grateful for uh, close to you know, a good 20 years, I've been willing every day to call my sponsor, to work with others, to read, to expand my spiritual awareness, as it was mentioned before. Working with others is one thing. And it certainly um, helps keep my history green. And the way we keep this is to give it away. But I enjoy reading material, um, conference approved, that just for today, I can um, learn about the history of AA and read things that Bill has written over the years, um, who inspires and uh, my personal opinion just seemed to be uh, graced by God to write very important, um, mindful, deep thought uh, literature. Um, but it's being there for others as well as taking time like in an 11th step where I get on my knees in the morning and say the third step prayer followed by the seventh step prayer where I light some candles and take time to pray and meditate, where I read literature and um, daily readings of support and uplifting, encouraging words, as well as reaching out to three people a day minimum to talk program and to do the next right thing and see how I can be of service to them. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah R. We have time for three more shares. Who would like Pasha. that time? Pasha O. Play M. I've got Rasa O, Leia M. Is there anyone else? Anne Marie M. And Anne Marie. Okay, great. Let's go with that lineup. Vasa, would you start for us, please, followed by Leah M. Sure. Thank you, Lena, for the service. And Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, recovered compulsive reader calling from Florida. This is a beautiful paragraph. I just get reminded every time I go through the big book. I, I need to hear what I need to hear each day. And, yes, I remember when I surrendered the, with the food, to a higher power grade than myself years ago. And I was ready and willing to do whatever it takes because I didn't want to go back to the food. And I remember my Abby saying, Faith uh, without the works is that she said. That's what she said to me. And for, and for if an alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through, uh, through work, and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots I had. And that has been true over the years in my life. You know, I have survived five deaths in my family. I was not, I was not into 
recovering in those years. My mom passed on, but with the other four members, father and three brothers, I have been in recovery, and it is by the grace of God. I did not go back into the food because of whatever was going on because I prayed to God to get me through all those things without running into the food. I had a granddaughter. She was a week old. She was, uh, she had heart surgery. And I mean, it was so painful to go through all that and, you know, just to wait for the outcome. I had I had son. He was only 26 years old. He was diagnosed with cancer. Thank you, God. He did survive. But going through all that was very, very painful. But uh, no matter what, no matter what I heard, don't go back to the food, work the steps the way they laid out, and help others. And through those times I was going through all that stuff, I was sponsoring and helping others. Thank you. Because it got me through those low, time, low, low times in my life. And I, it takes whatever it takes. In order to keep what I have received, I have to give it away freely and happily. And I'm so grateful that I can do that because all this was given to me so freely. And I need to give it away. Years ago, I used to think, oh, I'll go to counsel, I'll go to therapy, pay all that money. And it did not work anyways. So if you're a newcomer or if you're struggling, just keep coming. It works. Thank you. My time is up. Thank you for letting me share my path. Thank you, Vasa O. Leah M., it's your turn, followed by Anne Marie. Thank you for your service. This is one of my favorite paragraphs in the book. I don't know. I guess the nuts and bolts of it all, just, you know, if he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. You know, that is true for me. It's so true for me. Um, You know, it's like... (laughs) Oxygen doesn't enhance life. Oxygen gives life. The program of recovery, the hard work, the self-sacrifice that's entailed, whether it's uh, practicing the principles in all my affairs or, you know, serving others within the capacity of the fellowship, um, you know, program doesn't enhance my life. It gives me life. This program of recovery has given me life and nothing less. You know, against all odds, I was supposed to self-destruct. The program of recovery has given me life. It's given me purpose, you know, to relive this process constantly through seeing God manifest himself, you know, as I help others through the through their own spiritual process. Um, it's given me recovery day in and day out because I'm forced, nothing less. I'm forced to live better than most people because I'm forced, nothing less, to live by these principles. You know, I've been forced to mature, forced to deepen, forced to grow because what's my choice? You know, if I don't, I'll surely drink again, and if I drink, I'll surely die. I've been given a vision. The steps invite me day in and day out to be in harmony with God and be in harmony with others. That's a vision. That's a new vision. You know, it's not just about me. It's about the world around me. It's about serving God. How can I see God in this person? How can I see God in this situation? That's a new vision for me. 
you know, I've been given a community. Look at this beautiful fellowship that has blossomed. You know, this is not of of human. This is this is God's abundant blessings. You know, this is a fellowship that thrives on helping one another and loving one another through our wounds, through our bro- brokenness. You know, so this service to others through the sacrifice of myself day in and day out is sacred work. Yes, it heals others. Yes, absolutely it heals others. And I've been privileged and honored to watch the healing of many, 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 many people. But you know what? At the same time, it heals me. It's taken a broken shell of a woman and put me back together and given me a more meaningful and purposeful life than I ever, ever, ever dreamed possible. I never knew a life like this could could happen to someone like me. You know, so don't miss out on this thing. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And Anne-Marie, it's your turn. And if you could give us the initial of your last name, please. Yes, thank you. This is Anne Marie M. Um, and uh, gratefully, um, grateful compulsive overeater this morning. Uh, through God's grace, today, this morning, um, I was able to turn around a very uh, feelings of, of depression and feeling of self centeredness, only through God's grace. And uh, I have a, um, I facilitate a group. Um, a bereavement group and I was thinking of canceling it because I was just feeling depressed and I um, I text someone and you know, was texting back and forth and she said you know she understood and and that and that felt good and then her next question to me was would you feel any better if you stayed at home and wallowed in your depression and um you know, I get what I need, and God sees to it that I get what I need. I my, my focus needs to be on God, and um, you know that you know that question just turned you know turned was able to help me turn around, um, and through God's grace, you know, not cancel that meeting and be available for other people, and look beyond myself. So I am very very grateful. Uh, Helping other people is medicine. Uh, I, I think it's been said, you know, several times this morning. It's been a very good meeting. I've, you know, heard people going through heartache, and um, you know, but yet they they stay abstinent and they focus on what it is God wants them to do. And for me, I know God's will is to be of service to other people to do his work, you know, for him. I am his servant. So I am grateful um, in the moment. Um, you know, the rest of the third step prayer talks about living one day at a, a time, uh, enjoying one moment at a time. And um, for today, that's what I plan to do. So thank you very much. Thank you, Anne-Marie M. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Monday for the month of March, Laura M., Lois G., Nancy T., Craig F., Martha Z., Kathy M., and Nadia B. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
The share ID for today, Monday, March the 25th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 12698. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Claire Guest please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great offense will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage from your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.